Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast that explores the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about fans of Steven Universe. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Here we are in the future. Here we are in the future, and it's bright. Nothing to fear, no one to fight. I can't believe we've come so far. Happily ever after, here we are. And Nick Z? Huh? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was enjoying this cookie cat. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. It's a treat for your tummy. <laughs> it's true. But here you're drinking. It's a melted cookie cat. This is uh, continuity where um, Amethyst left the fridge open. Yes. As you mentioned, we were talking about Steven Universe. And if you are not in the know, Steven Universe is an American animated television series created by Rebecca Sugar. Something that I did not know. It is the it is Cartoon Network's first animated series to be created solely by a woman. Whoa. I don't know how that is the first, but congratulations, I guess. Wow. Just kind of blown away by that fact since... Cartoon Network has been around for, you know, at least a decade now. It's very surprising. So you're going to call your bluff and say that Cartoon Network has been around for 25 years. I am going to find out. Well, Ju figures that out. I will continue. It is the coming of age story of a young boy, Steven Universe, who lives with the Crystal Gems, magical humanoid aliens named Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl in the fictional town of Beach City. Steven, who himself is half-gem, has adventures with his friends and helps the gems protect the world from their own kind. The themes of the series include love, family, and the importance of healthy interpersonal relationships. And now I'm curious what what she has dug up on. It is 27 years old, October 1st, 1992. That's still a long time in the history of, like, television. That's a long time to have no shows solely authored by a woman. I feel like... Like, this isn't an excuse or anything, but just probably the facts. I feel like during the 90s, most of the shows were the uh, brain children of Jendi Tartakovsky. Either that or it was Dragon Ball Z. Too true. Too true. I did manage to drum up some fandom facts about the Steven Universe fandom from a fan survey I found on the Steven Universe subreddit. About 60.7% identify as male, 338 as female. 3.4% as non-binary. I don't think we usually have non-binary data, but that seems high, which is... Not usually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's interesting. One thing that I think we might end up talking a little bit more about, uh, they also collected information about sexual orientation. And while 50.9% identify as heterosexual, 23.7% identify as bisexual or pansexual. as homosexual and 6.1% as asexual. There are some other things represented. Um, You can go check out the survey to find out they were small percentages. I think like one or 2%. And I, this is not an exhaustive list. That's like half queer people, which is probably more than a lot. Yeah. I, I was not surprised by that given what Steven universe is like, but I was like, that's good. It makes sense to me based on the show. Yeah. Sad to me. (laughs) (laughs) oh no there's also some age breakdowns and if you do the math just about five percent are over the age of 30 that's low like i didn't think it'd be that low yeah but like it's i i'm well aware we're not the prime demographic for the show (laughs) yeah by comparison about 55 percent are 20 or younger and 15 
ish percent are older than 25. So like 25, like those numbers kind of overlap, but like it gives you a sense of like the landscape because it was in there. And I thought it was interesting. Top three songs from Steven universe as (laughs) rated by fans. It's over. Isn't it with 19% here comes the thought with 16% and love like you, the, the closing theme at 12%. I've, I've watched, I'm going to generously say half of the show. And I don't, <laughs> there were a lot of songs. I don't remember them all by title. So yeah. maybe I've heard those and maybe I have not. I'm not sure. But obviously I know the ending theme. Mm-hmm. I also looked up Steven Universe on Google Trends and some interesting things. I also plotted it against Adventure Time, Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. and Regular Show. We call these the four pillars. <laughs> Originally I had DuckTales as well, but I think it didn't compare in the same way. So I uh, removed it. Steven Universe is the most popular by Google Trends kind of interesting (laughs) gravity falls is a lot more consistent it was a much shorter series it was 40 episodes and that was it yeah they all follow a similar trend they're all kind of going downwards a little bit gravity falls is like mostly flat with a couple spikes steven universe follows pretty much the same pattern except it's way spikier so it's in general more popular Adventure Time, almost the same as Gravity Falls, except for this massive spike in September of 2018. That would be it ending, I have to think. Yeah. And Regular Show doesn't, like, it's, like, half as popular as any of those things. Uh, I figured that would be the case, but (laughs) I I thought I'd throw it in there. These are all great shows. Yeah. Yeah. Top five countries, surprising to me, Chile, Venezuela, Mexico, Nicaragua, and Honduras. United States is 11th and Canada is 22nd. Whoa. Steven Universe must work great in Spanish. Yeah. Maybe family values are more important there than other parts of the world. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the, the songs are more like. Oh, yeah. Akin to uh, shows down there. That's true. I would think that like one potential explanation could be. How Steven Universe kind of fuses together, pun intended, <laughs> a kind of Ooh. monster of the week show with these like really heartfelt relationship issues. And like, if you're dealing with uh, countries where I'm, I'm assuming, gonna admit it, I'm assuming telenovelas are a big deal, then like, I think Steven Universe can slip in there pretty easily. Interesting. Man. Yeah. I just find that fascinating. Yeah. It's never where you think. That's all I got for fandom facts for this week. To move on to first impressions of Steven Universe. Who would like to go first? Yeah, I can do it. I've had a really weird experience with Steven Universe because I think I started watching it when I was married to my Mm. Mm ex-wife. And so I kind of enjoyed the show, but never really made it that far past the first season. And it turns out all the cool stuff really starts happening after that. (laughs) Uh, but I remember it being this cute show with a lot of memorable songs and a crap load of heart. And I needed that heart when I was going through all that. So even though G and I know this is kind of stealing your thunder, but I know that you may not have had the best initial impressions of Steven universe for, because of a certain character, I really needed and appreciated that heart. And I think it helped me to, Oh man, that sounded insincere. I think it sincerely helped me to, to grow as a person even though I'm definitely not the intended audience. <laughs> Fair enough. But which character was it? Uh, wait until my first impressions, which are now. 
So like my, my very first impressions of Steven Universe, like before watching it, just hearing about it, I'm like, oh, it's Adventure Time 2. It's by someone who who was originally working on Adventure Time. It's known for music, which Adventure Time actually, not as much as Steven Universe, but does have a fair amount of in it. As in like original songs in episodes is what I mean. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's it stars a plucky young boy. So <laughs> that I it was just I just thought of it as Adventure Time too. And I didn't really look at it until I f- until Venture Time was like over. And I I kept hearing like, oh man, the the mythology of the show is like incredible. I'm like, okay. I didn't know about this part. I didn't know there was mythology. I love mythology. Even if I have to get through a season, the episodes are really short. Started to watch it. Um Steven, in particular, annoyed the crap out of me. I'm like, man, I sure want to see what the gems are doing instead of what Steven <laughs> is doing. Oh no, he ran out of cookies or whatever. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> and, but like I, I stuck with it and eventually I kind of got into the rhythm of the show and Steven to the credit, Steven legitimately grows as a character and because like he's probably supposed to be a little great i mean unless you are his age then he's kind of like the vector for you but he's probably Mm -hmm. supposed to be a little like you know like a kid and then he kind of grows as things happen to him and around him and uh, he becomes more interesting and more bearable and it ended up just being like this like sweet show that is actually also pretty funny i don't know his his uh annoyingness or non-annoyingness never really Figured in for my first impressions. I think I was riding a little too high on it being something that sort of spun off from Adventure Time in the sense that somebody who had worked on that was now presenting this original work um, in Steven Universe because that's exactly how I got onto the show. I got into Adventure Time because Soph was interested in, in Adventure Time and it looked really cool and it turned out to be incredible. Um, and then Steven Universe came along and again, Soph had that interest. And I was up for it. And that's pretty much it. Like, just we just kept watching it as it came out in its uh, very sporadic way. Really enjoyed the ride. I really enjoyed how it's uh, amped up from being this kind of quiet, sort of slice of life type, uh, type series. Um, and then grew into telling more and more of its mythology and really focusing on the, the core characters. And developing them a lot. I think I think too that Steven Universe arrived a bit more fully formed than Adventure Time did. Like the yeah. f- first few episodes of Adventure Time are a little ropey after you've seen the rest of the series. But I think yeah. Steven Universe is probably a little more consistent. The first season is is definitely like, okay, we need to establish a bunch of stuff, but we don't want to overwhelm you with like what we want to be the main plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh yeah. Yeah, I think they had a, oh, I mean, I think Rebecca Sugar had a much clearer idea of what she wanted to do, basically write a show about her brother and kind of herself and the various roles that she played in in kind of growing up with him, protecting him, that kind of thing. Whereas with him- Is that where that, is that where that comes from? Apparently, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Because when she was growing up, her, her younger brother was like- her only friends and she was, you know, kind of like the weird one at school and that sort of thing. And liked, liked uh, cartoon shows that quote, she wasn't supposed to like and that. Cause they were boys shows and that kind of thing. So she was really close with her brother. And, um, that's the 
uh, impetus behind the show. Whereas apparently with Adventure Time, at least in the beginning, it was mostly improvised. So it seemed it seemed like just uh, <laughs> just Pen Penward wanted to make like a sandbox, of yeah, just like whatever. And that's kind yeah. of what Adventure Time is, but it uh, it's fun a pretty good story out of it. The other thing that struck me about Steven Universe was I feel like all my initial impression were that all of the voices were non voice actory. Before we were recording today, I was talking about DuckTales and and how I've been watching the first season. Then I'm like, oh, I know that voice. I know that voice. I know that voice. And if you look through the cast for Steven Universe, like there may be some voices that have a storied list or even just a small repertoire of voices you may have heard. There's not a ton. No, at least you won't know them as voice actors. You might know them as as singers. Yeah, yeah. Estelle does. Is this is Estelle's first ever voice acting? Oh, sorry, I forgot about mm-hmm. Estelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Amy yeah, Mann not- shows up for one of the fusions. Yeah. Um, Tom Sharpling shows up. Oh, yeah. Tom Sharpling, yep. Is is uh, Mr. Universe? Yeah. And I'm like that guy that does that podcast that John Hodgman <laughs> really likes. <laughs> uh, yes, how could we forget that? Guy? Yeah, it's just like, like if it may not have been, but it felt like a like deliberate casting to not cast like recognizable people. What I find interesting in like the small occasions where i've watched videos of like the voice actors and we'll touch on this later too is that like the voice actors look nothing like i when you look at a character you kind of get an idea in your head of what the voice actor might look like like yeah i know bender's a robot but when you see john dimaggio you're like yeah i can kind of see it (laughs) john dimaggio does not look dissimilar to zog from uh, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but like we have like Pearl and Amethyst and when I look at the voice actors, they don't in my mind look anything like I'd imagine those, uh, those characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Not even remotely. But yeah. It's just like, it's straight. And like, not only were they people I didn't, not, not even people I didn't know, but just like not typical voice actors. Like no one sounded voice actory to me. Yeah. Like I, I, like, I don't know if there's a particular manner that people have adopted. Sorry. I think uh, what you might be dissecting was that since none of them were known voice actors, they weren't putting on a voice. Everybody's pretty much just using their normal voice, their normal speaking voice. Yeah. With some, like, if you listen to the voice actors for Amethyst, there's like a little bit of an affectation, but like, yeah, more or less people working in their normal range. Mm-hmm. So l- let's just like dig right to the heart of his of it yeah. what is it that people love about steven why is it that people love steven universe like we've talked about ducktales gravity falls adventure time other shows people can obviously love multiple shows at the same time mm-hmm. we're not of saying course. you have to like choose one or the other but like steven universe seems to hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts more so than i hear about people talking about ducktales people who talk about ducktales are often talking about i grew up with this and the new one is also really good Mm-hmm. Um, Gravity Falls kind of stands on its own and Adventure Time I feel like the comparison starts like the Steven Universe Adventure Time comparison starts but then like quickly diverges uh, what is it about Steven Universe that draws people in so, I mean like other shows have combining the fantastic and the mundane before but I think I think Steven Universe achieves a good balance where characters aren't 
different people in those situations. Like there's still situations that these real characters have to react to. Interpersonal relationships and characterization doesn't stop because there's a big threat or a weird thing that happens Mm -hmm. to everybody. All the characters are like growers. (laughs) Like when I started, I'm like, I don't know if I feel about any of these people, but like, but like it takes, takes some spending some time with them and you're like, then you're like become really invested in what they're about and kind of know why they are the way they are. It's, it's super easy to just sort of latch on to any of the main characters and honestly, probably any of the side characters, if you were so inclined and actually learn something about them. I mean, like uh, what comes to mind is the guy who was the mailman. Kevin. I think so. Yeah. And he had that huge crush on, on Garnet, which she like had zero interest in reciprocating. And instead of, you know, just being like, sorry, not interested and Kevin be like, Oh, one day he's just like, devastated at first but then he kind of gets over it and he moves on you actually see some character growth in somebody who's like maybe in the middle ground but possibly even in the background and like that doesn't even touch on the development of of garnet and then pearl and amethyst is that the guy also put on a a play yes a great play yeah (laughs) yeah because after being a mailman all he could think to do was be an actor i think That, that was the reason the gems at first are like super powered, unbeatable, mm-hmm. and it's easy for Garnet to pick up Stephen and and tell him <laughs> these like doting words of wisdom as they're getting their butts handed to them. Yep, yeah. But like it's it's very different when later in the series, yeah, you've got Kevin who gets devastated, or uh, what is it like onion and sour cream mm-hmm. and that whole family mm-hmm. that you learn a lot more about. Yeah, like the the fish family, you like learn that whole shtick. Like yeah. somehow all these characters who have no at first, just seem like they don't mean anything. They weave together into this one cohesive story. I can't remember which episode it was, but it was the most minor detail, but it was consistent with everything that else that had happened. Like, all the details matter. Yes. Yeah, That. Yeah. Nothing. no stuff is, like, thrown away. It's just, like, woven into what's happening. And for a while when I was watching the show, I kind of was waiting for them to leave Beach City eventually. <laughs> but it's, like, it's, that's not the point point is that we have we have this this big cast of characters who all who all mean something this is almost like overly cartoony aesthetic like flipped on its head or or presented a little crooked is mayor dewey's van that goes mayor dewey (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's so very cartoony but the way it's presented in the show is almost like it's slightly unsettling i find It's like we've got some lighthearted moments, we've got some serious stuff, but it's still like it's it's still for kids. I think one thing that people love about the show, and maybe this is just me, but it's like you can watch they're like ten minute episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can they can obviously stretch that out into like sometimes they're telling a continuous story and sometimes it's episodic. But it's like you can cram so much story into ten minutes. Lulu and I have occasionally been going back and watching Sailor Moon both the original series and Sailor Moon Crystal. And Sailor Mm. Moon Crystal is like, I don't know, like 13 or 26 episodes. And the first season of the original series is like 52 (laughs) episodes. And Steven Universe crams a lot of heart and a lot of stories into 10 minutes. And I'm just like really impressed with the economy, the storytelling action economy going on in there. (laughs) 
they've done a very good job of saying, okay, this episode is about this. So everything has to like point to that. Yeah. And if there's a secondary plot, it also points to the same theme. Like they're very good at, at, at sort of whittling down to what, what you need to get the point across and to continue the story and what, what have you. It still feels like a full episode. I mean, it, it, it doesn't hurt that Rebecca Sugar is pretty good on a ukulele. Yeah. Rebecca Sugar's done did songs for Adventure Time, right? Yeah. I get that that same feeling, the rapturous, overwhelming like tweeness of just like a single ukulele and like plaintive high notes. It works really well. And that and that kind of while that was like there were a bit of, there was a bit of that in Adventure Time, it kind of like defined Steven Universe. It's got like a little bit of whimsy to it. Yeah. And I would say Adventure Time is like very creative. I wouldn't call it whimsical but I would call Steven Universe whimsical. Why exactly? What makes Steven Universe so whimsical? Adventure Time is obviously like about adventure and like, and like reaching, reaching the borders of what you know, kind of. It's curious. Yeah. But Steven Universe is, isn't as much. It's like the, like the city is like a little magical in the way that, <laughs> that people interact with each other and, and, and the way people like people's emotions react to things and kind of like people will often grow, but often the, the emotional core of the episode will like tie itself off nicely. Like it's not usually uh, too harsh. Well, considering, considering the way that, uh, that Steven universe structures its stories and that kind of thing and sort of has that monster of the week start, but then builds up to something greater, not unlike sailor moon, you could say, Steven Universe kind of feels a little bit like an anime. Yes. And it's like an episode where we hear Garnet's stories and it's told exactly like an anime and it's great. <laughs> Love that episode. Uh, yeah. I think I did. I think <laughs> I have seen that episode. Oh, you are quite a ways in then. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's some anime vibes. I would definitely say. Ronaldo yeah. is heavily flirting with those anime vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Fusions. Is that pulling anybody in? It certainly piqued my interest. I forget. Did they also lampshade that? Am I remembering that right? Did they do the fusion dance at one point? Some sort of moves. I don't think it. I don't think it looked like the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z or anything like. That. Okay, no, that's that's yeah. that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. The animeness, the music, those those I think are like big big pieces. I think, and this is we having mentioned it a few times, like the thing between adventure time and Steven universe is that, is that grounding is Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, they go on adventures to these cool places, but they're cool places on earth. They're people that are normal humans and do regularly deal with the weird neighbors that they have, the gems. (laughs) It's like, Oh, today it's, it's not like, Oh, the spaceship crashed in our beach today. (laughs) And they're like, whatever. They're (laughs) like that, that wrecked my house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You need to do something about this. By the way, yeah, there is property damage involved. (laughs) And it's not just Stevens. (laughs) No, no, it's not. Yeah, back to whimsy. The worldview just feels charming. Notably, when Mr. Universe is wearing that cherry shirt, he goes, it's cherry. I'm (laughs) a cherry man. (laughs) Which... Which I've obviously never heard anyone say those words outside of this show, <laughs> but it was like, it was incredible because I understood what it meant immediately. 
it kind of tapers off as the series goes on, but like at the beginning, you're like, oh, where are they going to end up now? What are they going to find? This is like, um, there's like this underwater thing filled with hourglasses and some of them are magical. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're in just these like strange locales and I feel like, I mean, again, I haven't finished the series, but it feels like as it goes on, there's more like you kind of know why they're going to the places that they're going. Yeah. Like the, the plot, the plot is revealing itself at that point. It's something that we've, we've kind of danced around, but I mean, I think Steven himself could be credited with a, a pretty big part of the appeal, uh, despite being perhaps a little, a little annoying at first. Um, since he is, as far as we know at the beginning, just just some boy, some young boy in the uh, uh, care of these three aliens. But even though at the beginning he does kind of like, well, even from the beginning, he he is portrayed as a very caring character, somebody with a lot of empathy. And when he starts to develop his own powers, he doesn't like manifest a sword like Pearl or have these giant gloves like Garnet or a whip like Amethyst. He's got a shield and he can bubble things and heal people. And that yeah, he's a magic. He's a magical guy. Yeah, exactly. And in, in Western cartoons, like usually men, women, boys, girls are very like strictly coded. All the men get the weapons and all the girls get like the, the healing stuff. So seeing that combine in Steven, I think drew a lot of people's attention. Yeah, it's like bright pink too. It's it's yeah. not it's not ambiguous, like No, not at all. It's like taking these traditionally feminine things. Also because he's rose quartz and so there's yes. the rose and it's like these traditionally feminine things and it's like and he it's him. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show does a lot of uh like a lot of but that's okay, like embracing sort of otherness like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're kind of weird like this. That's all right. The characters don't 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 tend to make a big deal about something unless someone is acting in bad faith or legitimately like doing awful things. Yeah, even um, Peridot. Yeah, like once Peridot isn't evil. Uh, spoilers <laughs> for people who have not been. <laughs> I don't like how far along is that. You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I like season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Peridot is weird. Like. Whether she's good or evil, she's weird. <laughs> and that's fine. Nobody cares as long as she's not doing, not being mean. As long as she's being honest and true and and herself, people are like, that's cool. That's just Peridot. That's how she is. Yeah, it's, it does a good job of kind of expressing that viewpoint without literally having characters literally say it all the time. Yeah. And what I was going to touch on with that was like, Despite the fact that the gems are genderless, despite the fact that they don't have a sex, they're they're gems, they don't reproduce a mystery that I'm wondering if will be solved in Steven Universe future, but probably not. I think someone out there has probably already solved it. Yeah, I mean, I know they've shown that some of them are grown, but uh, that's not my point. My point is, despite those things, they're definitely coded in particular ways, and it's really neat to see the different kinds of representation you can have in media like Steven universe when there's nothing that says like, this is a, this is a woman. This is a man. They're not, they're, they're gems. They're space rocks. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, the episode where that was most present to me actually is not 
to the Space Rocks is the Stevani episode. Oh, the yeah. first Stevani episode. Oh, and they're like figuring themselves out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. When, when does that episode occur? Let me see here. Season one, episode 36. Oh, season one is actually pretty long. Yeah, it's very, right. very It's like right. 50 episodes or something. <laughs> but that was like, like, I watched that episode and I'm like, oh, that was different from every other episode that I've seen so far. The whole, like, Stefani just like figuring, as you said, figuring themselves out as they begin existing. Um, and the way that, that fusions are treated in, in Steven Universe is, like, fascinating. Because, like, there have been other shows where, where characters, like, fuse together and it's not... It's never ever treated like this because like fusions seem to be their own people like fusion and the fusions are typically voiced by someone who's not either of the, pe- uh, the characters yeah. that make up the fusion. You're right. And in, in those yeah. cases, like they might have a different personality, but they're in some rare occasions, they're like two, two entities trying to wrestle control, but usually mm-hmm. it's just like some average of the, the two and with Stevani, yeah they're 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 like having a conversation with themselves and then later we learn about other fusions that it gets even more interesting and complex because mm-hmm. fusion is like it's not finite as far as i can tell like at the end of the series may change that but uh like like someone who is a fusion can also fuse is what i mean uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It just chains itself together Mm-hmm. And that I feel like that aspect of the show, both as there's definitely like heavy analogs for like queerness uh, mm-hmm. with with specifically with Stevani, yeah. like their you know non-binariness, and um, but also at the same time I could just see like that mechanic for lack of a better word interesting people even regardless of the of the mythology or the history of the show. Like that aspect is like that's some, something that's also unique to Steven Universe. Like you said, it's creating a totally different character. Yeah, like I think online there have been, I can't remember, I don't know if it has a name, but there's uh, a meme that makes its way around from time to time. There'll be three characters and it shows you what they look like if you take each of them and combine them and then if you combine all three. But in that case, it's not a narrative choice. It's an aesthetic choice. It's like, what would it look like if you mash these three character concepts together? And yeah, Yeah. that happens in Steven universe. And to some extent, like you're mashing up personalities, but it doesn't resolve like that. (laughs) It's like Stevani is their own person and also is Steven and also is Connie. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's like you have this entirely new being thrust into the world of the show, which is fascinating. But there's also lots of other kinds of like uh, fusion being an analog for for queerness, but also like there's a lot of reference. Yeah, there's a lot of representation in the show, even though they they are non gendered, non sexual rocks. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's intentional. It doesn't matter uh, because the author is dead. There we go. Doesn't matter because the author is dead. Lapis now, and um, now you're on the trolley. <laughs> lapis and peridot peridot it's like Mm -hmm. they whether or not it's explicit like they're definitely in some kind of a relationship Mm -hmm. might be purely platonic but like it also could be an example of like it's the the quirky queer couple yeah Mm -hmm. and and they're cohabitating at one point it's hard not to put that on top of it whether intended or not 
whether or not Garnet is explicitly coded coded as like black or not, like Bismuth definitely is. Mm-hmm. And like, so you have representation of different ancestries of humans represented in the, the gems, uh, some for better and some for worse. But like, it's amazing how you can have all that despite the fact that they're just like colorful gemstones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just space rocks. Just space rocks. Yeah. But they contain multitudes. Z, you had an interesting comment here in our, our pre-show notes that Rebecca Sugar said she wishes the show's representation existed, but that it also wasn't breaking new ground. What? How, how is that even? How does that dichotomy I, exist? That comma is, is uh, an and. And so far as uh, she wishes the show, show's representation existed before and that it wasn't breaking new ground. Uh, in this interview with uh, the outlet them uh, speaking of representation uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Sugar herself said that um, you know she's really happy that she's able to get this show out there and bring this kind of uh, LGBTQ um, IA representation to what is basically like a G-rated show but when asked about it, she also mentioned that she was kind of sad that it's taken this long and also that, you know, she wishes that she wasn't breaking this new ground, that it was already broken. And Steven Universe was just like one of many, many shows that had these kinds of characters and this kind of representation. Because again, as I talked about a little bit before, uh, it goes back to her, her own childhood and how... When she was watching, you know, whatever cartoons were out there um, on the network TV, uh, she would feel bad when she watched a show that, quote, wasn't for her because it was a, quote, boys cartoon like SWAT Cats. She even uh, mentions in that interview that she remembers writing in her diary saying that she was so sorry for having watched SWAT Cats. Then she went on to say that, you know, nobody should feel guilty for liking what they like. They should just be able to like it, plain and simple. Yeah. And so coming from a creator with that kind of mindset, it's it makes a lot of sense that representation is so important to the show and that, that's, that it comes across, not just that it comes across in the show, but that it's like, it's just there. It's just in the air of the show. It's not like at the end of every episode, they're saying, now you, you kids out there, remember, everybody comes in different shapes and sizes. Isn't that right? Sailor Moon says. Exactly. <laughs> this is more preachy than it is funny, but what's not G-rated about queer people? You can't see me shrugging, but I'm sure. Taking a slight tangent, it makes me really happy when watching things like Steven Universe and uh, Dragon Prince and She-Ra when they just normalize queer yeah. people. Like She-Ra, mm-hmm. it's like two dads. They don't, mm-hmm. at no point are people like, you have two dads. Where's your mom? It's like, doesn't matter. Nobody cares because it's totally valid. Mm-hmm. Also now Arthur. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big thing for a little while. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been, but it was. But that's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Things that shouldn't be a big deal, but are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Arthur does not have a long history of queer representation, but is doing it now. But yeah, that's incredible. Like having an inborn guilt for watching the wrong kind of show. Yeah. What's that? What's that about? Watch Sailor Moon when I was ten. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, yeah. To be totally honest, that's kind of why I, I didn't wind up watching Sailor Moon like you guys did, because like with an older brother 
and wanted to fit in, wanted to be cool. Oh man, you gotta be cool. Just couldn't do it. I definitely felt guilty watching it and drawing Sailor Moon fan art and <laughs> felt like I shouldn't be doing that. But I did it anyway. Now, when I watch Steven Universe, I don't feel weird because the show's like, hey guys, men, men can, like, men and boys can be little can, and can be soft, small, yeah. soft boys. Exactly. And, and that's good. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of shows that do it. Like, even, I haven't seen a lot of Adventure Time, but we've been talking a bunch about it. But I get the impression that Finn probably has moments like that, but is mostly like, I'm a, boy so i'm gonna go do boy things like adventure it starts out that way and then changes as the show goes on okay yeah that's good yeah one thing that both have in common is they're pretty much agreed on being kids shows dot 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 question mark i feel like this is a conversation that we don't have all the time but is very apparent in this case like lots of media has secondary audiences i don't know what game of thrones secondary audience is there's definitely one but like children's shows it's always like children watching it and they're adults when you're watching DuckTales the 2017 series and they make a reference to something from the 80s either the parents of the kids watching that show are like oh I get that and they're they're part of that audience or it's people our age watching it and you you get the same reference because you're not the intended audience but there's lots of things there for you either intentionally or unintentionally so Screw nostalgia. I wish I had these shows that are on now when I was a kid because I think they're better, like objectively. <laughs> I feel like when we grew up, there was a lot of like, no, kids are kind of dumb, so they don't need like shows that are that are engaging or, you know. Yeah. Just the fact that part of what made anime so revolutionary when it came over was that it told a story over several episodes. I don't know, that being a big deal. Yeah. It's like, oh man, it's episodic. It's, oh no, yeah. not episodic. It's like serial. Yes. The fact that that was such a big deal just kind of speaks to uh, how cartoons maybe didn't have the most confidence that kids would keep tuning in to see what happens next. Well, and this is possibly just some of the show. Like, there might have been a transition point that we were at the end of, but I feel like the early 80s had a lot of, you know, He Man, She Ra. Uh, maybe Ghostbusters, like shows like that, and their goal is to sell yeah. toys. I don't know about you, and I'm not a toy collector, so I don't know, but I don't get the impression people are watching Steven Universe to buy Steven Universe toys. What I meant was, as far as, as secondary audiences go, like, or as far as cartoons go when we were younger, like I feel like a lot of the motivation there was like, okay, we're going to make a show. It might have some point, but it's mostly so that we can tell sell toys to kids and probably at some point in the 90s and continuing on to today you have little bits of shows trying to do different things you have shows like um animaniacs which like yes is is, let's be jokey and whatever but you have the a show that's also something that the parents can watch Mm -hmm. because you're gonna blow your brains out if you're watching like the ghostbusters (laughs) show it's it's not necessary it's not super entertaining and then you have this like parent-child audience that you can continue on into other things. You can start telling different messages. You can start to use animation to do lots of different things that aren't just to enact violence <laughs> on other people, on other <laughs> non-real creatures. It's like you can tell stories and build characters in a way that kids understand, but that is not... It doesn't have to be less. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they the don't same, have to dumb it down. No, the same principles of narrative still apply. 
uh, just doing a way the kids can understand it. And kids can understand more than you think they can. As a sidebar, if you watch any of that show, The Toys That Made Us, it's abundantly clear how much of that stuff was made to sell toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, the He-Man and She-Ra examples were like right at the front of my mind. And the She-Ra part of that episode makes me so mad. Oof. So mad. And Steven Universe is not like that. Oh, There's yeah, definitely okay. some toys that children could play with, but I think a lot of stories like Steven Universe and whatnot are more about like take these things with you into the world than reenact things of our world. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you know, you know, I'm not a kid anymore, but I don't feel like you'd, you'd watch an episode of Steven Universe like, yeah, let's cre- recreate that fight. <laughs> Yeah, or, or even if you're you think of like Ninja Turtles, you're like, I want to be Donatello. But with Steven Universe, like, I feel like if you're a kid watching that, you're probably, oh, I'm going to be a gem. And you just make up your own gem. Like, you don't necessarily, you may want like a Garnet or an Amethyst or a Pearl, but you're like, but I want to be my own thing. Yeah. Because the story tells you all these important points about, you know, growing and learning and, and caring and, and all that stuff. And you don't. You don't need a toy to, to do any of those things. Uh, I can confirm that that's probably how people play Steven Universe by making up their own gems because I just typed Gemsona into <laughs> Google <laughs> and the first few results are Gemsona makers, like generators. Do you assume this is your note? Apparently we had a, we had, we had a brony moment happening in the Steven Universe fandom. Oh my goodness. So... Um, we only have a week to do research for most episodes. That's not true. We could technically research them over a long time, but guess what? We have day jobs. <laughs> we do it in a week. Let's say, let's yeah, say we that. We do it in a week is a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was going through the fan lore page for Steven Universe, you know, a lot of times there's similarities between fandoms about fan art and the kinds of things that are made. You know, there's, there's often like a not safe for work component of, of pretty much any fandom. But I found this really interesting part because I saw the word brony show up and I was like, oh boy, what <laughs> what is going on here? Because we talked about My Little Pony, much like with Steven Universe, where you have uh, something targeted at children and something that has broad appeal and teaches really good lessons for pretty much anybody. But also, as we've talked about, you know, men tend to not be taught a lot of really important lessons about you know, looking after themselves and um, caring about anybody other than themselves and mm. privilege and lots of other stuff. But like with bronies where they're like, we're going to make our own thing and they didn't have to because they're just fans like anybody else. Apparently there was a moment with Steven Universe fandom where people were worried that there were these male fans and they were going to like segregate themselves over to the side instead of becoming, instead of fusing with the rest of the fandom and so there was this this group mostly people that were previously bronies or also bronies and they wanted to be called like gentlemen or gem bros <laughs> and i'm sure that Ew. that still exists today yeah they're both not probably <laughs> gentlemen is just a mouthful and That's... gem bros is, is terrible i don't want i don't want to don't want bros in there yeah but it, it's it's there are definitely occasions where people are marginalized and need to carve out spaces for themselves, but do dudes don't need to carve out a special space for themselves in fandom. You They've, don't need to re-edit the last Jedi, okay? <laughs> uh, 
It was good. Man, oh Leave man. it alone. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was really interesting and did not have enough time to dig any deeper than that. But it makes sense. Like, men are probably like, this feels uncomfortable. Like, this isn't a thing that's supposed to be for guys. Spoiler alert, it, it is because it's, it's about a little boy. Yep. Um, and then they're like, well, to make this less weird, we'll make our own community with blackjack and hookers. And then... And then the community posted a, we don't do that here. Yeah. And I don't know how that turned out. So if we do a follow-up episode, I hope to dig into that. And it, there's always the possibility of that because Steven Universe is still coming out, even though it's not very much. In fact, Steven Universe Future has just come out not that long ago. And I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> hope you're enjoying it. I know we all are. Yeah. So you can, you can still enjoy that. It's still coming out. Speaking of secondary audiences and kind of jumping back to the start of the episode, a little bit of a callback to the demographic breakdown that you had found, T. It seems like even though, according to those numbers, which maybe aren't super definitive, but pretty generally indicative of of who's watching Steven Universe, those who are older than 20, older than 30, watching the show possibly fit into the, the secondary audience of queer millennials who find the show very appealing because of that representation because they can see themselves in it which is something that can't really be said for a lot of the shows out there these days especially cartoons and i think that as well as the fact that as particularly compared to adventure time uh because steven universe not just the characters but like the situations for the most part that uh the characters go through are much more grounded They're much more relatable. So like if you've lived through a a similar experience, it's super easy for that one episode to be the thing that hooks you into the series. Like in particular, the thing that as I, as I think about this point, the episode that comes to mind is when um, Steven's uncle, the pilot drops by the farm and, and he's like, he's basically your racist uncle at Thanksgiving. And I feel like that's probably something that, especially given political climates and whatnot in uh, in North America, that's something that a lot of people have familiarity with. And seeing it on this show probably really got people interested in it, really made people realize, hey, here's this episode about this situation that I've lived through. What's what's going on with these characters and how will they handle it? So does a good job of uh, acting out a lot of social interaction. Definitely. Yes. More accurately, more frequently than, than some of the other shows uh, on that short list at the top. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, so they'll often find themselves in and just weird, like Mister Universe and Amethyst, just like binge watching this show <laughs> for like yeah. during during New Year's, I think, and they just miss yeah. everything because they're just sitting there watching this show. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I've been there. And was it that early on? There's one where Garnet's like at the arcade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God is under a crazy spell or something. Nope. <laughs> I, sorry. I, I know I've I've seen pretty much everything up until this point, and yeah. we talked about this for like however long we have, but I just completely forgot because earlier you were like um, fusion being an analog for queerness, and I completely forgot that in the world of Steven Universe, that people are like fusions are unnatural. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. Like I forgot that entire. <laughs> 
point that everybody's like, this is weird and unnatural. And the crystal gems are all like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a major component of it. Now that you bring it up. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, aside from like, aside from the times when they've, when they would fuse either on homeworld or in the presence of homeworld gems, it's just not a thing. It's nothing that's that anybody mentions. Like, I feel like even when they first introduced the idea of fusion, I don't think they've gone to Homeworld yet. I don't think they've even interacted no. with Homeworld at all yet. So when Steven first sees his first fusion, he's just like, holy crap, what's this fusion thing all about? Oh, no, wait. That, uh, Jas- Jasper shows up. Jasper's like, this is no good. Oh, okay, yeah, th- yeah, Those yeah. are around the same time. Right. But, like, that's all really new, yeah. It's still interesting, though, that, that uh, Jasper, like, they put the this fusion thing's terrible into the mouth of Jasper, who's like kind of a recurring villain early on. So it's not some neutral character saying it, not some background character who up until then, you know, seems okay. It's this person who is like, at first, not a great person. The, the one that keeps coming to mind for me is when Connie's parents want to meet Steven's parents. <laughs> <laughs> And they, are they all three fuse into Alexandrite, I think, is, uh, is the name. Yeah. And <laughs> I was going, Connie's parents are generally like, well, this is kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> they u- unite over grounding Stephen for like a thousand years or something. <laughs> yeah, they, get, they really get into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, even though Homeworld uh, and I guess orthodox gems are against it i think <laughs> i think the fact that uh that humans seem to be okay with it whenever they've encountered fusions without previous knowledge of them just sort of speaks to one of the major themes the major theme of like of acceptance and again representation that uh humans are capable of everyone unless i'm misremembering everyone in beach city is like fairly all right yeah, I think I think Mayor Dewey at one point's like, "Oh, those gems are nothing but trouble," kind of yeah. thing. But he's I feel the only like one. we quickly we quickly see like what's underneath his his veneer as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a sweaty, sweaty man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See our episode about the office. <laughs> this seems as as good as any point to uh, get into folks' final thoughts. I, I'll I'll just start. Steven Universe is great. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. If you haven't seen all of it, that's fine. See some of it because I think as far as television shows, it's got a really great message, some fun music, and there's not a lot of things that I've seen outside of Disney movies which are like manufactured to make you feel things. Mm-hmm. Like really manufactured to make you feel things. Um, and as a an adult male who probably didn't do as much of the touchy-feely stuff as Steven did. I appreciate seeing it, even if I saw it, like, 25 years late. Better late than never. Better Mm -hmm. late than never. And celebrate the first solely created by a woman work. On Cartoon Network. On Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. Because it took 25, (laughs) 27 years, whatever, for that to happen. Jeepers creepers, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm like halfway through, so I'm, and I like the show, so I'm going to finish it. It's uh it's not a question of if, but when, 
It's uh, it's grown on me. It's I opened my heart to it, and it wormed its way inside with its infectious emotions and clever writing and cherry men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know I don't I don't have much about to say about the show. It's uh, fantastic. It uh, is not Adventure Time too. It, it it certainly came into its not not even came into its own. It is its own thing, and it's great that it existed. I don't know. Where the series is at, because there was a movie, and there's going to be more of it. I don't know currently where the series is at. I look forward to finding out. But uh, yeah, double thumbs up from me. Ditto, basically. Like I, <laughs> I also, yeah, I also think it's a great show. Um, it's definitely fantastic that it's out there and pretty easy to come by. And yeah, I'm totally on board to to watch what uh, I believe has officially been called the one season epilogue. Steven Universe Interesting. future. Yeah. Is it a 26 episode epilogue or is it a 56 <laughs> or 112 <laughs> episode? It's probably a short one. It probably, yeah, probably. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. You can, uh, of course, find this podcast anywhere good podcasts are heard. And if you could leave a rating or review for us where you find it, that'd be uh, absolutely fantastic and appreciated. You can send to Fanthropological on Facebook or Fanthropologic on Twitter if it's about the show. If it's, if it's us in general, you can uh, find us at the next cast pretty much everywhere on the internet or uh, email us at nick at the next We also do some other stuff like the Zeal Archives, which should have a new episode coming out either next week or the other next week. It's coming out before 2020. Have you ever wondered how long King Guardia has reigned for or wanted to know about Luca and her crazy family's inventions? Uh, the Zeal Archives explores the world of Chrono Trigger one bit at a time, covering the characters, items, mechanics, locales, and lore with a dose of your hosts, myself, and G, personal experiences mixed in with the game. Uh, also has some cool audio drama bits bookending the episode, so you can check that out at thezealarchives.com or just go to thenextcast.com and it's all there. And there'll be a new episode soon. Richard, in, uh, in some of our personal projects, I produce music on the internet as Fragile Air. So if you go to fragileair.bandcamp.com, you can see my releases, which should be getting some updates pretty soon. I'm also on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and the other. I only use Spotify, so I know that I'm on Spotify. But if you use a different music uh, app, I'm probably on it as well at Fragile Air. Uh, Speaking of personal projects, if you are at all interested in poetry, medieval epics, or even just just Beowulf, you should... uh, Go on over to the Amazon of your choice and look for Beowulf, a mostly modern verse translation by N.S.C. Zakarwitz. I am hopping on that horse known as self-publishing and starting to finally take it seriously, at least a little bit more than I was before. And this Beowulf, a modern verse, this Beowulf, a mostly modern verse translation is my... uh, first real foray into it so that is going to do it for this episode everybody thank you very much for listening we're going to be back next week and it is going to be end game as we are going to be discussing the the vastness and the breadth and the depth of the mcu and its fandom until next time we'll talk to you next time goodbye everybody
What was the last thing you said? Sorry. Damn. I'm sorry, before you know all I can think of is gay space rocks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, anyone can the, think of. The last, the last <laughs> thing I said was, they're space rocks. <laughs>